wow, so many things going on. Uh, the um, Congress is now finally investigating Biden for the uh, for possible impeachment purposes. Um, let's see what happens with that. We'll also be talking about how uh, Mayor Adams um, says that immigration, the immigration situation will mean the end of New York City. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, then we'll also talk about uh, how <laughs> Joy Bayer, if we have time, uh, blames Trump for the Maui fire. And why not blame him for, uh, for everything before? I mean, really, any, any disaster. Uh, it's amazing. So, uh, but the, the story I want to start off with, I, I think, is that um, this story about um, the New Mexico governor and the ban on, on guns. I mean, so she essentially argues, what's her, what's her last name? It's an interesting name. Um, anyway, she, she makes the argument that, ban, uh, that, that guns and uh, that the right to guns is not absolute, Okay, it's like, okay, so in other words, the, the 10, um, the Bill of Rights, the 10 rights in the Bill of Rights, they're, they're aspirational. You know, like we, the idea is we, we like the idea of free speech. We, we like the idea of free, freedom of religion, except when we don't like it. So that's, that's what we meant. And, and thank goodness that this governor, whatever her last name is, uh, thank goodness that she's, she arrived on the scene to explain to us what the Bill of Rights really means. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> that's, that's what she's doing. So uh, you have this story, and uh, what I love about it, Devin, is that they, you know, a bunch of people came out who, who had the licenses for the carry, you know, open carry, uh, came out in full force uh, to, to protest. Um, they didn't do anything violent, of course. And it was beautiful. Like, what, what's going to happen? These, the police are not going to arrest these guys who are holding guns? Like, <laughs> that, that's nice, right? So that, that it was impossible for them to do they, they made an impossible situation. But what's so beautiful about what they did is that it's such a reflection of why the Second Amendment is there in the first place, to ensure that the government can't do this crap, right. can't take away our guns. The, the right of the people to bear arms is, uh, cannot be infringed, period. That's it. The Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. And they don't like it. I get it. But that doesn't mean that you can make it go away. Yeah. So that was one thing. And then um, two other things developed. One is that a judge put an immediate halt on that uh, pending the, uh, the lawsuit because of the result of the lawsuit. But, but that means basically it's a, what we call an injunction um, that the party suing, which was these, the, the, the gun owners themselves, basically were able to establish that they have a reasonable probability of success on the merits and that the, uh, the balance of hardships weighs in favor of the gun owners, which is true. Their, their, their Second Amendment rights are very, very important. Um, so that was easy for the judge to rule as uh, the judge did. And then secondly, uh, the sheriff, even before the judge said that, said, I ain't enforcing this lady uh, what's her name, the, the judge? Grisham. Grisham, that's what I thought so. Was. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, it's a name that resonated. Okay, it's like with John Grisham, the, the author. Anyway, so she's going to look like such an idiot at the end because here she is literally trying to restrict your freedom to hold guns. I, it's, it's so amazing to me that she thought she could get away with this. Maybe she'll be like uh, you know, one of those evil guys in the Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you Second, second Amendment nuts. 
<laughs> right? I mean, oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So um, that that is uh, really emblematic of the left. They think they can get away. They, they push and push. They really don't like the Bill of Rights. At the end of the day, they really, really don't. They, they re- resent the Constitution itself because the Constitution lays things out pretty much in black and white. Um, and they don't like that. It's just everything... I mean, if you go by, you go down the list, there's almost nothing in the Constitution, at least the Bill of Rights, that they actually like. They don't like the freedom of the exercise of religion. They don't like freedom of exercise of free speech, which I, I say go hand in hand. They certainly don't like the, um, the Second Amendment with the guns. That, that's, that's obvious. Uh, they, they would love to quarantine soldiers in your house. They would love to. Yeah. They, they, you know, that's coming too. Then unreasonable search and seizure, of course they would love that. Can I see yeah. yeah. I, I actually have a question because I've yeah. thought about this for a while where um, the California government, I think other places are doing that too, are forcing homeless people, any hotel that has empty sp- vacancy, mm-hmm. they have to have a homeless person. And I thought, isn't the Third Amendment preclude this? Because they say soldiers, but like you can have officers, you can have sailors, you can have government officials. Like they didn't want like the king to come in, but like not soldiers. It's they didn't want anybody to force to. And I, you know, like, does that fall under the Third Amendment or not to put you on the spot? Well, in a form, and it's not so much a quarantining of soldiers because that's that's pretty explicit. But you are right for different reasons. Um, It it is what we call uh, not adverse possession, uh, eminent domain. So the government is basically seizing your property and saying, hey, we'll give you just compensation for it. And to the extent that they give them just compensation for for putting up homeless, for example, then I suppose the hotel owners have nothing to say because they're they're trying to effectuate a uh, policy of some kind. But I don't think that eminent domain was really designed for something like this. It just wasn't. So, but, but it's a good question. Um, so let's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, you've got the Bill of Rights. We talked about, you know, quarantining soldiers. Uh, you've got the, um, uh, the, the free speech we just talked about. We talked before about, the, of course, the, the guns. And then the Fourth Amendment, which is the, uh, the, the freedom to, to avoid uh, unlawful search and seizure. I think they're, they're against that, too. They'd be, they're happy to take away your business. They're happy, you know, because you, you don't express the right opinion, right? So this whole canceling thing, so long as it's effectuated by the government, of course, um, is, is one where it's, a, it's an unlawful search and seizure. So they, they, don't, they don't really believe in that. Um, and then the Fifth Amendment... Sixth Amendment and so on, the, the right to jury, um, all, all these things, they, they don't, they just don't like it. There's something about it they don't like. They would prefer that we have a system that's similar to uh, the British style. The, the British don't have the Constitution. Uh, they had the Magna Carta, but they don't really rely on that in the same way we rely on the, the Constitution. Um, so the free speech means, well... Free speech when we feel like it, um, and and as long as you're not harming anybody. So that's an interesting thing about harm. I'll get into that in a moment. Um, I do think it's very interesting. You've got to um, to focus on how they hate 
the Bill of Rights. That's ultimately. And this New Mexico governor, that's, that's what she's exemplifying. She's a perfect example of that. <sighs> the COVID uh, shutdown was a great example of how they felt that yeah, we could have just abandoned the Constitution because, you know, it's COVID, it's a virus. Because it says it right there in the Constitution that all this does not apply to the extent there's a virus. And you're, you, you think you're doing really good things for the citizens. So, so long as you have that, then you can violate the Constitution. It's, it's right there. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it actually says COVID-19 in the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, all right, that's one thing. Um, then speaking about, um, uh, about madness, generally speaking. So Joey, Joey uh, Bayar from The View, she blames Trump essentially, for the Maui fire. Now, she says it in a way that you can say, I, I, that she says it in more of an elliptical way, that because of Trump's policies, uh, that led to all sorts of global warming issues, and that, in turn, led to the Maui fire. So I guess she would, she's saying that he indirectly caused this. But, but if that's the case, then why not blame him for everything before as well? Right? right? Why not? I, I mean, he's... He was president for quite a while, but why not blame Obama for not doing much on, on the global warming thing? Why not blame certainly Al Gore? Um, he didn't do anything when he was vice president. So everyone's to blame. It's, it's, it's like murder on the Orient Express. Everyone did it, right? All the presidents are, are responsible <laughs> for it. It's weird. Um, so anyway, the Maui fires are fascinating to me. I, another point I want to say about the Maui fires. Did you notice that everyone, and we talked about this before maybe, but everyone who survived the fire survived it because they ignored the mandates of the authorities. Yeah. Everyone. Those who died were the ones who listened to the authorities. So, which is a, a very sad state of affairs. It's, it's horrific, right? But I want to explore a, you know, a thought experiment with you, Devin. Yeah. I would love if somehow I could, I could parse out those people who believed in God or went to church, avid believers, were they the ones who defied the authority? Because I think, I think they were. I, I bet you that the vast majority of people who defied the authority had some degree of God in their lives. Yeah. Okay? And those who went along with whatever the authorities said, despite the madness, they said, go back into the fire. They, they essentially said, go back into the fire. Yeah. How, how a person who believes in God could, could actually follow that mandate is beyond me. Right. I'd be interested. I, that's all I can say. I, I'm, I'm just, it's a thought experiment. It's worth exploring. Um, what does it mean? Yeah. Okay. And just to add to that, like, I, I can think of two things in this particular incident that goes along with believers. And one is the truth. You really, and the truth is hard to see sometimes. It really is a study. It really is something that you have to work on. But seeing the truth and having that part of your life and also understanding that there is something more powerful than a gun. There's more powerful than fire. And that is God. And so you have people who see the truth and are not afraid as other people are. And if you don't see the proof and you're just, oh, my God, there's a little bit of an inconvenience or a little bit of a danger, like, you know, somebody like an authority figure ordering you to do something, you are not equipped with the strength and the will to say no. You are not the most important thing in this world to me. You got it. 
Oh, you got it. It's, it's a beautiful way of putting it. I really like the way you say it. Um, there is a very interesting uh, clip that I'm going to try to find and, and play for you uh, from Eric Adams, who is the new mayor from, from uh, New York. And, and he's, it's fascinating. I want you to hear what he has to say. Let's play that clip. Started with a madman down in Texas, decided he wanted to bust people up to New York City. A, a madman. <laughs> this is, he's talking about Governor Abbott from Texas, but he's now a madman man, man who decided to bust illegal immigrants as if somehow he acquired them on his own and just for fun wanted to bust them over. Because it should have stayed in Texas, you, you understand, according to Eric Adams. It should have been his problem. And then Eric Adams would be able to complain that, that uh, Governor Abbott did nothing and, and doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, but when it's when it comes over to him, then it's a different story. Then then he has to deal with it. Uh, but he gets to blame Abbott. It's fascinating. Hundred and ten thousand migrants. We have to feed, clothe, house, educate the t- children, wash their laundry sheets, give them everything they need, health care, and this team here. So. You know, he's complaining that he has to provide all, all those services, and I, I understand that. But that should have been Abbott's problem, you see? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. And he would have blamed him for not doing it. Oh, You've yeah. got to do that, right? Yeah. And th- those 110,000 immigrants, what, what, what did you think it was going to happen? Yeah. Of course. What, what did you think? But I thought they were a sanctuary city. I thought they welcomed these illegal immigrants. They, they're going to pr- protect these people from those bad federales in, in the United States who would otherwise deport them back to their countries of origin. No, 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 that would be bad. But now he's complaining. So it, it, typical for the left, right? They, they, they are very judgmental on you and uh, have very strong opinions about what you should do. But when they actually have to deal with the same situation, they, you know, that's, you know, uh, what's that? Ma Barker, I'm, I'm so... I'm so, so shocked, shocked that I have to deal with it. It's just such hypocrites. We stated, let's do everything possible before we have to push it out into neighborhoods and communities. Month after month, I stood up and I said, this is going to come to a neighborhood near you. Yeah, okay. This is going to come to a neighborhood near you. Okay. We said, month after month, that if you keep on pouring millions of illegal immigrants without the border being closed then this is going to come to a neighborhood near you, not just in New York, but everywhere in the country. Every, every state is a border state now. Yeah. And, he, and notice how he's not saying a, a damn thing about the border itself and, and the fact that Biden is doing nothing, nothing when it comes to the border. It's all Abbott's fault. He's the, he's the, he's the, the big monster here. Right. And that's, that's to add to that point is it's, the only possibility is Abbott is sending – these people don't have legs – they didn't come from Africa. They didn't come from, like, South America. To, like, but once they're in Texas, they have no ability to figure out how to go to a different state or how to go to New York. Like, it really is condescending. Like, yeah, he sent some buses, but I'm pretty sure others came just because they wanted to be in New York. <laughs> I think that's right. Yes. Why, why doesn't he, uh, Ab, I mean, Adams, why doesn't he send these same immigrants on buses himself to another state? Send them to uh, to a conservative state. Let's say it might maybe back to Texas or to Oklahoma or whatever. But you know, anyway, I, it's I, I guess that would be bad PR for him. Let's p- continue on playing. Well, we're here. We're here. We're getting no support on this national crisis. 
And yet he's not blaming, blaming Biden whatsoever. Not a word about Biden, uh, not a word about Harris, not a word about the Democrats uh, doing nothing, uh, destroying the actual wall that Trump had built. Not, not a word about how things were so much better when Trump was president. And we're receiving no support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. Uh, I, I don't see an ending to it either. But, but why, the reason why I don't see the ending is because you, the, the border is still wide open. And millions of people are coming in every year, about 2 million, if not more. And those are the ones we, we actually count. Um, and that's the reason why I don't see the ending to it. You, you see it only from a New York perspective, but you couldn't give a damn about it. As long as it wasn't in your neighborhood, it was not real to you, right? It's, it's like uh, uh, the, the woman uh, I remember from a radio show who called in to say that she was against the death penalty for all her life, and then her brother was murdered, and then finally she wised up and she said, you know what, I'm for the death penalty, and now I, now I get it. And the, the radio show host said, shame on you, shame on you. Only when it actually hits you, then you're sympathetic for shame. Yeah, and just to show, I think that's one of the most profound things he said, not only because it encompasses exactly his confusion at this moment here that he finds, but he has never seen a problem that he didn't have an ending to, like childhood cancer or death or domestic violence. There are, And that's where religious people, just to bring it back to that, we study and understand there are horrors much deeper than we'll ever and like experience. And that's where gratitude comes from is like, it is bad, but it can be so much worse because we have an understanding of history. He is that ignorant of modern day politics. There are so many problems that we'll never have an ending to like um, leaders who are greedy and selfish. Well, I didn't. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Like you, you can resolve everything. That's right. Childhood cancer is a great one to suddenly talk about, or poverty, generally speaking. Yeah. I, but I, I get what he's trying to say. Uh, like we can handle this if we can devote the right resources to it. But if it keeps on coming, then what? What are we to do? That sort of thing. Yeah. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting ten thousand migrants. A month. Well, that seems like a, a good bargain. <laughs> only 10,000? Only like, talk to, talk to Abbott. Talk to, to any of the other border states. We're getting millions. But, but it only matters when it comes to your city, right? That's a, so that's, that's a, again, the selfishness here, the, the lack of awareness, and the fact that he only deals with an issue when it actually hits him. That's, that's what's so despicable about this. Let's continue on. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we get Ecuador. Now we get Russian-speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get uh, Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. No, it's we, we recognize that it's not New York City's problem. It's it's happening everywhere in the country, including California. Uh, including uh, Nevada, including Arizona. I mean, it's, he really thinks he's the only one here. And it's, it's fascinating because, again, he, he doesn't talk at all about the border problem. It's, it's you know, what's, what's the source of the inflow? 
it's it's very clear, but he chooses to ignore that. If he were so, so sincere as he's pretending to be right now, he would say, I know this is not popular to do, but I call upon President Biden to actually close this border. It's ridiculous. Uh, we can work hand in hand with the Republicans. Surely there must be a bipartisan solution. Just talk like that. Yeah. Right. But instead, he he ignores it uh, when the problem is very clear where he is. He's angry with Abbott, but the only anger he should be directing is is to Biden. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut every service in this city. All right, I think, I think we get the, the gist of it. Uh, but it's, it's just despicable. Um, but, but this is emblematic of Democrat policies. And I think there are certain politicians, like Eric Adams, I think he's a true believer. Okay? I don't think he's one of the... Uh, the, the conniving Democrats like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and uh, what's his name, Adam Schiff, yeah. uh, and of course Biden himself and Obama, the, the, who were all gaming the system for a much more uh, nefarious plot, which is to undermine America itself. I, I think that Eric Adams really believes that the Democrat Party is a good party, a very good party, um, and we just need to navigate some very difficult times. But at the same time, I, I can only hold him to blame for, for not at least recognizing where the problem actually stems from. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Eric. Uh, there is no end to this unless we end it. How about that? Exactly. And that's the thing where the budget of New York City, it's huge. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. And compare that to the small towns of each of those people in Texas. And the one thing, again, to go back to the religious thing of it, is there's no empathy for these people. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, they're burdened, and we've got to close them. We've got to house them. Okay, why did they come here? What do they want? Like, are they safe? Like, it really doesn't seem like they're actually human beings. They're just a problem that he doesn't see an end to. They're not actually individual human beings that are, have a life that's valuable wherever, whatever country they're in. Well, one, one thing to put a bow on the New York City thing. So uh, Muslim calls to prayer can now be broadcast publicly in New York City without a permit. <laughs> so, so that's the end of that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you, 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 you're asking for the, the end of New York City. That's the end of New York City as well. I mean, that he doesn't care about. Right. I mean, but he cares about the illegal immigrants, supposedly. It's, it's obviously something uh, a foul is going on here. Look, I want to. I want to turn a little bit to what's happening with uh, the Kevin McCarthy call for an, investi an impeachment inquiry, which is presumably the first step toward actually pursuing an, an impeachment um, of Biden for his uh, corruption, for the influence peddling, for the accounts, the bribery. Look, it's, it's the evidence, uh, to, to use an Adam Schiff phrase, is over overwhelming. There's mountains of evidence. There, there really are. Unlike Adam Schiff, however, when he said that phrase regarding the Russian, supposed Russian collusion story, which, which is all fake, um, there actually is mountains of evidence. We have tons of accounts now been revealed that uh, Biden got money from China, from Ukraine, from Romania, and God knows other countries, uh, upwards of $20 million, um, whether it was him directly or indirectly or for the benefit of his family, he was trading his name. It doesn't even matter that if, if he himself got money, he did get money. But let's say he didn't get any money. It wouldn't matter. 
it's like uh, bribing the money. And if he gave it to pay the tuition of his kids at school or grandkids at school, that's that's for his benefit. He's he's doing it. He's betraying the country to help uh, some of his own family members. It doesn't have to be him personally. But he was benefited personally. So here are two things I want to make very clear. If indeed um, you have this money, sorry, if indeed you didn't receive any money, then you wouldn't say you can't prove it, right? You would say it's nonsense. uh, And here's a legitimate explanation for the money that I did receive. um, And here's how I made my money. Right. You would say I was I invested in plastics in the 1980s. Uh, I invested in seashells. I, I don't know. Bitcoin. And that's how that's how I made my money. OK. He doesn't say that. He just has this tremendous amount of money on a senator's salary. Makes no sense at all. Uh, you know, you could say, well, he invested in real estate, but he didn't invest. He just bought real estate from the money that he received. Um, you can't prove it. It's like it's like a, a man, you know, being confronted by his wife saying, uh, I think you've, you've been having an affair. I don't see you at all. You have lipstick on. And, and his response would be to say, you can't prove it. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good answer. You can't prove it. You, and a, a man would say, honey, I think you're being a little paranoid here. Here's, here's where I was. Here's a receipt. Here's a picture of me and Bob at uh, the restaurant we were in last night. Here's, here's my visa bill. Here are the phone logs. It shows that you can, you can call anybody that, that you see on this list. Um, I, I was here, here, and there, okay? I'm sorry that you feel that way. I haven't been paying enough attention to you, but I, I've not been having an affair, sweetie, okay? I love, I love you, and I love only you. No, no, you can't prove it. <laughs> it's, not a good, it's not a good answer. Um, so, but, and, and then all these LLCs that he's created. So he doesn't deny the creation of these LLCs and these S-corps, right? These are, these are fictional business entities. Right. He doesn't say at any point, what the purpose of these, he acknowledges that they cre- he created them, but he, he can't explain what they're for. What, what business are they in? I'll tell you what they're in. They're in the business of funneling money that they receive from China, Ukraine, and Romania, and other countries. And, and then they funnel money, and then they go to the other LLCs, and then it gets diluted again, and it's laundering, yeah. right? That's all it is. It's, yeah. uh, so he won't be able to explain that. And so there is mountains of evidence. Yes, yes, there is. But you, you see in the routine behavior of the MSNBC crowd, uh, CNN, and, and not only that, but, but all the Democrat operatives out there are saying, this is ridiculous, there is no evidence, zero evidence. And they keep on saying the word zero, the phrase zero evidence. You hear that over and over again, right. which means they got talking points memo. Right. That's what it means when they say exactly the same thing. Yeah. And also to add to that, like, you know, since 9-11 and the, um, the Patriot Act and all of that stuff, like, there's so many ways to monitor an American citizen. There are so many, I don't want to say, like, hundreds, thousands, I don't know, but there are a bunch of people who must have had at least a very suspicion that something's going on and they said nothing. Like, when he arrogantly says, oh, you can't prove it, there's no evidence, maybe he knows that the intelligence and the FBI or whoever it is, and I don't know, they are preventing any evidence from coming through. The people who are supposed to be investigating, supposed to be protecting truth and justice in the American way, decided to completely forego all of their honor yeah. and allow, oh, make Biden rich for Biden, you know? 
You look, it, it's it's so frustrating because they they want to pretend things are real that are not real, yeah. right? They, they this I was on Newsmax the other day and I was making the point that when Biden went to Alaska on nine eleven, it wasn't just bad PR or that he was negligent or he forgot or something. No, not possible. You don't schedule something on 9-11 and not notice the date. I mean, just saying the, word, the, the words 9-11 immediately evokes something, right? It's uh, like saying Hiroshima. The word Hiroshima evokes something, right? You see the big mushroom cloud there. 9-11, you see the, the, the Twin Towers and you see the smoke and everything else and people jumping off. It's, it's terrible. You can't schedule something for 9-11. And don't tell me you're that moronic to not notice that, oh, it was 9-11? Oh, my gosh, things are coming up so soon. I totally forgot. No. Okay, let, let's make that clear. So they did it on purpose, right? Why? I'll tell you why. They want to erase 9-11. Because 9-11 evokes a time, first of all, that Americans were, were united. Uh, secondly, it evokes the reality of the, the major problem of Islamic terrorism, not white supremacy, not racism, systemic or otherwise, uh, not COVID or otherwise. It's, it's the fact that we still deal with Islamic terrorism. It's a, it's a thing that we have to watch out for and guard against. He wants to, he wants to get rid of that. Now, these same people, they say, they talk about how the economy is great, Everything's wonderful, right? Uh, they say the border is fantastic. They, uh, they say at the same time that the greatest thing to worry about is white supremacy. All these things have no evidence or, or they're ignoring evidence. It's one of the two. Uh, a man could become a woman and they, they, transgenderism is, is the greatest you know, cause of, of victimhood in the entire nation. No, it's not. But nevertheless, this is the way they... They run, they run their thinking. Um, so, you know, forgive me if I ignore everything that they say. When they want to tell, tell me that I should believe them, they've lied before. They will continue to lie now. But if you were to personify the Democratic Party as, as one person, that's what personification means, you would say, this guy's a liar. I, I would never believe this person, right? But think of all the things they, they expect us to believe. They expect us to believe that um, that there's no mountains, no evidence whatsoever with, with regard to Biden, that there's no problem on the border, the man can become a woman, that global warming is the greatest threat, uh, and then ignoring all the other things I just mentioned. We've, you've got to put this together. You have to, next time we talk to somebody about, and they look at you and they say, you're crazy for not believing in global warming or that, that transgenderism stuff, you say, look, I, I'm sorry, you lost a lot of credibility with me. And you list the things that I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's important. It's really important that we all do this. So you have to be ready just to, to snap back. I think we all need to be on the, you know, go on the attack much more than we have been. And by attack, I don't mean that we, we need to go do anything violent or anything physical. I, I mean that we need to take the stage in terms of the argument about the debate uh, and, and actually call them to account and, and talk about the greatness of America and why things work with America, why things work with God, uh, and, and show that their science and everything else is wrong. Every, just point out these lies. Point out the, the, the mountains of evidence issue. Uh, 
we've got to constantly talk it out. And, and that should be on Twitter, it should be on Facebook, it's social media, everywhere we go. And you should talk about it, generally speaking. I mean, this is a fantastical lying machine, the Democrat Party. It, unbelievably, how it's unbelievable how extensive their deceit is. They, they've told you so many lies. The, the, this is the party that told you that uh, the shutdowns would work, that Zoom would be great for kids, uh, that, that mo- somebody who dies in a motorcycle accident could be counted as a COVID death, uh, that the virus came out of uh, a wet market, not a lab. Uh, they told you that the vaccine was safe, that, that would be uh, at least you know, 90% effective, then 80%. It, you know the whole drill. So many things that they were just 100% wrong. And yet they keep on talking to us as experts about what should and shouldn't be done. Unbelievable. Yeah. We've got to be, we've got to step up. We've got to take the, the center stage. We, you know, in chess and in squash and racquetball and tennis, for that matter, there is something, to, it's about controlling the center. If you control the center of the board, you have a much stronger chance of winning the game. I think we need to control the center of the board. We need to control this narrative and talk about it incessantly. Now we're pursuing the uh, investigation for purposes of impeachment of, of Joe Biden. People say, well, what's the point of doing that with Joe Biden? We, we um, you know, won't lead to conviction. The Senate will not convict. It has to be, what, 60 senators and that won't happen. Okay, fine. But what if we didn't do the impeachment? If we didn't pursue this? Then the Democrats will, would say correctly, well, you, you clearly, you Republicans clearly don't, don't believe because you didn't even pursue an impeachment. Yeah. You didn't think it was worthwhile. Okay, so now we're doing it. Because it, it, the same could be said about Trump with the two impeachments that he had in the last couple of months of his uh, presidency. Um, they knew that he wouldn't be convicted, but they just wanted to stick it to him. So that we, have to, we have to go in there. We have to show that Biden is indeed the most corrupt and most ineffective and the most destructive president we've ever had in the United States history. Yeah, yeah I, I do think that 20, uh, 2024 will be the most important election. I do. I really do. I, I, I think it's so clear to me that, uh, that Biden should lose, that Trump, God willing, will win. Any Republican really should win. And yet here we are. We're wondering, aren't we? Because the way that we could win is if, it, if every vote is counted and they're not gonna be counted if they throw in or at least not diluted if it weren't for what's going on with, uh, with the mail-in ballots and all the other things. That and that's the reason why they're trying to reinvigorate the whole COVID shutdown and the masks again, because that way that'll justify them to have mail-in ballots once again, because that was a playbook that worked really well for them. Yeah. Okay? That's what they want. And I hope nobody will be fooled, just in the same way as nobody was fooled by uh, Governor Grisham in New Mexico with the guns. Um, the pushback was strong and severe. And that's the kind of response I think we need to have when it comes to the masks and the mandate and everything else. We're not playing that. We are just not going to do it again. And we need to push back really hard. And we need to look with a very jaundiced eye uh, when it comes to electioneering and all the games that they will play. Because it's going to happen, my friends. It's going to be happen. It's going to happen and we've got to be ready for it. All right, folks, Brett Lurie signing off, saying God bless. 
and we'll talk with you next week.